Leica M4P. Is mm-hmm. that correct? I do. Film yeah. camera. So obviously, you know, everyone loves Leica, but I just wanted to ask you specifically what made you choose that particular camera? So, well, first of all, I, I guess I got a steal of the century with that camera. Um, I am not someone that I would, I wouldn't consider myself like a gear whore. Yeah. Say that, but somebody who's obsessed with gear. Um, but I did, I do have, I guess, a strong tie to Leica. My dad's been shooting Leicas. My grandfather shot a Leica. Um, and my dad, who kind of got me into photography. So that was sort of um, the biggest reason. But the, the number one thing is just the way they work. Just being able to kind of go out. It's very unobtrusive. Right. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of controversy of, or whatever you want to call it, um, whether it's so a lot of people will say it's not whether it's worth the price um but i just love it as a tool yeah, yeah. the m4p is like the workhorse like a yeah right like it's a, like the photojournalist like a like a m6 it's the it preceded the m6 mm. okay. i think so yeah the m4p i it has it has closer to 28 millimeter frame lines whereas like you go back to m2 um m3 they don't have oh right because the rangefinder guides would need to accommodate the lens you were shooting with. yes exactly right. yeah i have a, a like a 3f mm-hmm. that, that was like the body is from the 1950s but yeah. it's made for 50 millimeters so yeah. when i got a 35 millimeter lens i had to get a right, that, 35 yeah. millimeter yeah, viewfinder yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely external viewfinder. almost like gun looking scope yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah and that, that's what my, my grandfather had one of those oh cool um yeah, they just have like the they're the tiniest little viewfinder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so your grandfather and your father both shot film. Yeah, oh, cool. um, we we're actually last winter. I was back home, um, and I I've been like trying to get my dad to kind of go through his old negatives because you know a lot of stuff in the recent years is more you know formal family stuff, and I always rejected photography because of that. Mm. Um, but we were going through slideshow and we had even some of my grandfather's old negatives okay. um, and or yeah, contact sheets and it, just beautiful imagery. And my grandfather was uh, in World War Two. He was a doctor. Wow. Um, and so he went to med school in Europe. And so he was using a Leica back then. Oh, wow. Um, and then my dad just, you know, back then there wasn't as probably a large selection of cameras to use so it was easier to kind of whittle it down and so he saved up for a while to get his first leica okay um and then yeah so that's kind of how that yeah i, I have my grandfather's out. world war ii era 35 millimeter that's awesome well it's in the, yeah. it's an argus yeah 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 yeah. Wow. yeah yeah what do you know like is it a uh fixed lens mm-hmm. or does it have yeah. i'll show it to you it's in the, yeah, yeah. It's in the vitrine over oh there. sick yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it was always told to us it was a leica yeah, is it german yeah I'm yeah sure. same shit yeah <laughs> i'm sure it takes really good photos so yeah oh i'm sure yeah so i was wondering um did you get that like with film photography are you a rangefinder guy or does it matter no that doesn't matter um i mean as far as like i guess you know i had a olympus xa mm. um that was like my first 35 millimeter camera okay. that's an slr um, no, That's it's a actually shoot, right? a point and shoot rangefinder. Right, it's an uncoupled so, one. Yeah, where it's like the focus. You like set the focus on the lens. Yes, it's tiny. Yes. Uh, no, actually, no. You don't. No, you actually. Yes, you set the focus on the lens. Super tiny, super compact, and then it opens out. The problem is, it's like 
I, I love that camera. It's got a little Zeiss lens on it, mm. but it jams up. Oh, okay. the shutter. The trap is, door gets shut. Trap door gets shut, and the shutter is like the most finicky. Oh, okay. You can barely hear it yeah. or feel it. Uh. So, but it's got great result. Like, right. I mean, I could put it up to your face, and you wouldn't even notice. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I've got a few photos from like my first week in New York when I moved here because that's mm. what I was shooting with okay. before I got my M4P, and um, it was great. It was awesome. So, like, how long ago did you get like serious about film photography? Would you say? Um, I would say twenty twenty to twenty twenty one. Okay, photography just completely changed for me. Um, I it was sort of this thing that I was just kind of getting enamored with in twenty nineteen, and then when the pandemic hit, I needed a way to like. I just wanted to kind of get deeper into image making and. I was going through photo books because I had, like everyone, a lot of time um, and was living alone. So I um, started getting it more into kind of documentary style photography. And then the photo books I was looking at were all shot on film. So it was like, you know, Robert Frank's Americans. Yeah. You know, yeah. Probably shot on Triax, um, which is obviously different now than Triax was then. But same sentiment. I, I love the aspect of kind of slowing things down. Mm. You know, nothing new under the sun, just the reason everyone. Yeah. enjoys using you know film um, how old are you 27 okay yeah did you go to uh, undergrad for photo no nice. i got into photography in like 2019 right so pretty fresh yeah because what did you go to school i did i went to uh i finished at the university of colorado with a spanish degree and cool so yeah how that happened whole other <laughs> whole other conversation yeah <laughs> yeah well it's interesting you, you started so recently because the composition and the lighting that's where i really respond to in your, your photographs so it, you. yeah. it seems like it's being shot by someone who's been doing it for much longer thank you yeah but um and the reason i asked about the rangefinder because again like i know steven you're a rangefinder person mm -hmm. i i prefer slrs just because of composition mm -hmm. like so far I, i'm not as um confident with composition with rangefinders mm -hmm. so uh, it's always interesting to talk to someone who gets really good composition yeah. with it because um, yeah. that's always i don't do you find it um pretty do you find it challenging at all or yeah. is it simple no actually i think it's a great point because you know when you're looking through the lens it's a lot more straightforward yeah um in fact recently you know i went from owning a digital rangefinder to i switched over with my digital camera mm. to a like sl2 for work so i can do more work stuff um and that's look you know it's a it's mirrorless so you know i'm looking through the lens and that's been like a whole other world that i've never been in i love it you yeah, know? yeah so um but also i'm totally kind of impartial i i also love a rangefinder you know right. the, the the idea that you're pulling your frame into focus that aspect of it just makes it a little bit slower, a little bit harder. Um, and so I think just ha having nothing that I feel like gets in the way of at the end of the day, you want to grab a photo, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's people that are going to be love process. There's people that are going to love the result. Yeah. And so for me, I love both. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I think using a rangefinder is just a different way of connecting to the tool and the imagery you want to make but i don't think in the end it really matters okay for rangefinder shooters the a couple millimeters on the outside yeah in the frame yeah. aren't as uh yeah aren't as like uh 
on purpose necessarily. You have to be down with a little bit of cropping. Yeah. There, there's also like maybe an old school like purity level to things where they would have wanted to see your negative border. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like that's more like photo club. Okay. Or maybe like sort of like Magnum like yeah. culture. Mm. Yeah. Where they would have been like, you can't be cropping your photos. Uh, huh. I mean, uh, Cartier Bresson. I mean, you're going back to screw mount Leicas and yeah. you know older Leicas and you know he was shooting with a 50, I think, exclusively. And I, I think I heard he only shot or he only cropped like two images ever. No one. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Wow. Okay. Um, which is when also thinking about shooting on a 50. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's pretty. Isn't, I think that one of the person jumping over the puddle is a crop. No, I don't know. I know which I, photo you're talking I mean, about. One of the most yeah. iconic pictures ever made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, that's a decisive moment. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He was far away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't feel like But that. at the same time, when you are shooting with a telephoto, the f- frame, like, I think that it would probably be easier to frame. Okay. Um, yeah. Because Rare. because you're actually, when you're shooting on a 28 through a rangefinder on a Leica, that 28 is stretching every amount of that mm. viewfinder. So um, I think if you're, shooting a 50 you're really able to kind of see the whole frame because it's more dialed in yeah so well also with rangefinders, i know some people who especially do like street photography or, or documentary photography they choose it because they they're able to see outside of the yeah. frame like what's mm-hmm. coming in Absolutely. and so i know that sometimes people's specific reason for a rangefinder. very appealing i mean yeah. if you're on a street corner right and you've got people coming in from every direction you know, the way you shoot, you know, a rangefinder is you'd use, you know, your left eye. It's on the left side of the camera. So your left eye would kind of can scan the environment. Yeah. yeah. Well, but it's also like that's a skill. Right. You know, like I didn't used to even be able to like look through the camera while I had my left eye open. Oh. So, are cameras made for right eyes? They uh, are, right? Uh, can, do people ever shoot with them with their left eye? Yeah. Cameras? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I do. You like do? today I shot all day with my left eye. Oh, okay. Because I was shooting through a center console, like on a like. So on right. old film cameras, maybe not, but on right. newer cameras, definitely. Right, because it's like, because it's in the middle of the camera. Yeah. And right. I would say I'm, I don't know, I'm definitely left eye dominant. Um, like that's I feel my, like my right eye is way stronger than my left eye. Interesting. I thought if I started shooting more, I should switch over. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe that it's would hard, strengthen though. every time i try to do it it's hard might be good for your vision too mm-hmm. yeah build it up a little Just bit start wearing an eye patch and <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um, so. well i know you do a lot of uh photography where you're clearly interested in in people mm-hmm. and so um on your website and on your instagram there are photographs where uh it's like observational and then ones where clearly you've interacted Mm -hmm. with the people so Mm -hmm. i was just wondering you know for for someone doing this so recently um making that that jump to um doing street photography and then interacting with people sometimes and not like was that a barrier you had to get over yeah for sure um definitely a huge talking point in the street photography community and people that aren't familiar that appreciate street photography or documenting on the street and um yeah it's a jump like when i started getting into it there was a great timidness about Mm -hmm. approaching people there's a great timidness of taking a photo of feeling like a voyeur um on the street uh i think everyone feels pretty weird at first um and then 
it kind of became something different for me. Um, and I think it does for a lot. I think a lot of people would connect with that. Um, both from like a historical storytelling aspect to an intimacy aspect to a getting to know people to, you know, the psychological aspect of interacting with people. Um, it's been kind of a, you know, I've definitely had highs and lows. Yeah. Um, I got into it really quick. Um, and, but I knew that I'm someone that people feel comfortable around Okay, for the most part. Um, and so, um, you know, I have my awkward moments just like everyone else, but I did know that, okay, like I know that I can go and talk to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want to get to know and work, be around people that are different than me because, you know, I come from a town, um, it's a lovely place to grow up and live, but that, is a place where it's quite uniform and who and like the general identity of the population. And so I wanted to be somewhere and to do something that kind of took me out. It was, it's uncomfortable, but it took me out and like kind of put me in this sort of um, environment where I could kind of glean off people a little Mm, bit. And so I, I think when you're more eager to do like when you're obsessed with something and like making something, then everything else is just a byproduct. So fear yeah um all these other components like if you're really drawn to it become second yeah secondary yeah. it's like going on a date everyone's scared to go right on a date but but everyone in their life will go up and probably approach someone yeah whether even if it's the scariest thing in the world to you you feel that draw like oh i am so attracted to that person you know and so um it's sort of the same thing i had to mediate my own compulsion with that a little bit i mean that's not right, the right way to say it but i kept being like disappoint like the amount of photos i felt like i missed became i'd be like oh i didn't step up to that person or like everything became a challenge to be like i have to be comfortable with every situation yeah but then it becomes i mean i got to a place a little burdensome Uh, i didn't take the photo i feel really shitty about myself now Uh, i'll be thinking about that photo for weeks right (laughs) interesting yeah and it's also i'm on the same side with you where like it's best to approach people but the more I've taken street photographs, I'm kind of erring. This is controversial on a side of not asking for, for permission as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think photography has changed a lot in the last 10 years. So um, I'm in more of an era where people like didn't take photos of themselves all the time. Uh-huh. But um, there is a whole school too, like um, Bruce Gilden. Yeah. I'm not giving a <laughs> fuck about anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also it's like if you're shooting every day in the street like these like these all-stars have done like at a certain point it's like you're gonna start objectifying people a little bit too it's Mm -hmm. a hard balance to be able Mm -hmm. to like because then you're strategizing it too you're being like this person's more interesting than that person yeah um you know it's not always that type of like um decision making but sometimes it's like i'm just gonna follow the light yeah and the light will take me to wherever i need to go I, i totally agree with that i think um yeah, light. I mean, light kind of takes you where you need to go, and then you kind of whittle it down to, uh, or not. Everything I'm saying could also not be true, but a lot of the time, it's like, you know, I let the light guide me as well, and then you just sort of uh, find the things that you want, you know. And also, people's energy changes throughout the course of a day. Yeah. So yeah. like when the light is just, whenever you're in the city and you find this tunnel of incredible light. Or texture or whatever i always find that there's an energy about the street as well it, mm. like it yeah. it yeah it's kind of the, the most romantic part of new york i feel like well if there's like if it's the winter time and it's literally cold and yeah. shadow and warm in the 
yeah. in the light, it's definitely going to yeah. be a different space. Yeah. Do you, fi- do you find that um, you hold yourself back when taking pictures or do you kind of let it fly? Uh, with, with when you're out on the street, like you're kind of talking about like analyzing a subject before you shoot it. Do you try to analyze to a certain extent or do you try to kind of turn the brain off when you do uh, it? Question. That it's not sense? as much about my practice these days, so it's hard to think about, but uh-huh. I think that I probably would just like kind of slip into photo mode. Yeah. Which I think is good. Yeah. Cause Take otherwise pictures you, like that. Yeah. I have that. I just have the conversation a lot cause it's like, I went through a period where I was thinking last winter I was kind of struggling um, just to kind of talk to people out on the street. And um, I had a few not great interactions with people um, and it wasn't anything I really did. It was just, I walked up to the wrong dude on the, yeah. at the wrong time. And, um, and so I, you know, I went through this period where I was like psychoanalyzing before I would do it. And it was like, the pictures were bad. And right, okay. also I was just like, feeling shitty about myself because i'm like yo am i supposed to be am i what happened like (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. well i know um but for me what i generally like to do is like walk around and um get the lighting on like objects or still life Mm -hmm. photos but um in the summer of 22 i I really pushed myself to go up to people and Mm -hmm. take photos and like i'm naturally i'm a very uh, quiet kind mm-hmm. of shy person but I think like you said you it was really a compulsion I wanted to just document all these outfits I was mm-hmm. seeing over the summer and so I got like over 500 photos uh, developed and, and took more but yeah the more you you do it um, just going up to people and also I, I talked about this before um, I think when you you have a film camera you announce to them like oh I've like I would always say, Oh, can I take a film portrait mm-hmm. of your outfit? Mm-hmm. Um, I think people maybe take you a little more seriously, yeah. uh, as opposed to digital. I mean, I could be yeah. wrong on that, but I think there's like, there's a permanency to film and, yeah. and it also seems like, Oh, this person, this stranger asking for me to take uh, a photo is clearly serious about mm-hmm. photography in some yeah. way. Uh, in my think, opinion, I think the times have changed. I think like mm-hmm. everyone's a little bit more moral and ethically, considered okay in in the big picture at least yeah yeah like i think bruce gilden would have a harder time being a student oh at yeah. SVA right now yeah you know oh, what i mean okay. like imagine what people would say about his work yeah 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 no i mean um yeah and bruce bruce does not he doesn't hold back um <laughs> i actually you know i love that about him he's, um, he's a character for sure yeah. yeah and i think he's also you know his type is much more rejected now a lot of people really don't like it um but also i think that that type of work is needed to progress um and also i think his work is absolutely incredible um if you look at the whole body of work yeah. it's uh, a lot of people just think of like faces and drug addicts but it's a lot more than it's a lot more than that um when it becomes an archive it becomes bigger for sure yeah yeah um he's got like a visual fascination with everything he does and he also can photograph everything he's got a way bigger like more versatile body of work than people think yeah. even without like without the flash his work in haiti um, i have the haiti book here oh it's really cool i've yeah. never it's actually un- seen that it's one. unbound yeah it's like newsprint i think is it the new one that just came out no oh, but okay. not the one i yeah i saw that on instagram yeah. I ha- it's from like five or six years. Okay. i have a, I have like a newsprint zine that's maybe 11 17 it's not bound mm-hmm and when he gave it to me, he was like, oh, yeah, it can, like, be rearranged. It's not really huh. meant to 
be in one order. Like it falls oh. apart and you can put it back together. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Oh, that's cool. Huh. Or maybe that was my takeaway from it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's kind of what I remember about yeah. it. Bruce's way of uh, interacting with people is you, special. You know there was like a, um, a little commune of like photojournalist photographers in Williamsburg. Did you ever hear about this? Um, I think... They called what, it the kibbutz, maybe? Wait, was it, they were all Magnum guys? Mm-hmm. Was Christopher Anderson one of them, too? I think so. Yeah, I think I, think I know what you're talking it about. It was, like, in this factory building on the waterfront in Williamsburg, and there was, like, one or two lofts that one of the Magnum photographers owned and let people stay there when they came to town and also did, like, slideshows and stuff. Yeah. I never uh, heard I of this. I remember hearing oh. about that. I, I only know that because I have um, Christopher Anderson's book... Uh, Oh, it's I have son. If you're familiar with Christopher Anderson, no, I'm not. Um, the name sounds familiar, but I don't remember his work. He, he, I think he just left Magnum, but um, he's a very prolific photographer. Lived in New York for a long time, and then um, he, he, the book. A lot of the photos in the book are from like an apartment like that on the waterfront, okay. like north of Dumbo, uh, basically. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Then. Yeah, um, and I think there were probably I listened to. I think there was like three or four Magnum photographers in just that one building. Wow! And they all got <laughs> gentrified. They all got kicked out. Yeah, as I understand. Yeah, I so. think they were, that building used to be full of like weirdo artists. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and like covering graffiti. Yeah, Sweet parties there all the time. Oh yeah, I have some good inappropriate work <laughs> not suitable yeah, for work details not, I'll share not suitable for the about yeah. rumors I heard in yeah that. please please <laughs> so <laughs> well you said um, you mentioned before you're from a small town so you're from Washington State mm-hmm. were you um, shooting film on the Olympus XA in Washington State before you got to New York yeah I was trying you know um, I didn't there weren't a lot of it's funny my dad had a dark room growing up and oh, I, wow. but I had zero interest in okay. what he was doing um, and I did, rege- you know, like my dad and I have a lot, uh, he got me into a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for him for that. And we bond over a lot of those things still. Um, and so, um, he, one of those was, he had a dark room, but as a kid, I hated a lot of that shit. Oh, I really? Like, I just didn't want, I was, you know, I was, he would, a lot of times it's, I think you have a relationship with your parents where they try to tell you stuff and then you're either really into it or you're not. Yeah. And so I've always had that relationship. Um, but, uh, now I like we I love I'm like man I wish I could go back yeah, and yeah. be a snotty kid. <laughs> the dark room might have been cool for a kid for like five minutes, yeah. but after that I could understand it being pretty. Boring. I don't think any kid want, yeah, yeah wants to spend um, exactly. So uh, taking yeah. the photos more fun for kids. Yeah, yeah. So wait, can you repeat what was? The well, one? I was just wondering. Um, so like in in Washington State, I imagine that yeah. you know unlike New York City, there's more light year round in comparison but i didn't know how serious you were about actually no oh really there's okay. not um well so far north we uh, oh so it's, it's more it's like rainy rain, okay. rainiest part of the okay. country yeah <laughs> that is i forgot so yeah in seattle the, in the summer okay. it's i think the most beautiful place to be okay um but in the winter it's uh it's about nine months of rain eight oh, months wow. of rain okay of how far from seattle are you 90 miles north Oh, 40 on. miles south of uh, Vancouver. Oh, cool. Canada. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's, it's right. a cool, it's a beautiful region, um, you know, like surrounded by evergreen trees. Mm-hmm. Um, Mount Baker kind of looms in the background and then um, grew up on the bay, the Salish Sea. Mm. Um, Sounds great. Yeah, it's gorgeous. College town. Okay. Um, I've kind of been up there. I, okay. I was on a photo shoot once, like an hour from Canada. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do you know two hours. In, in Washington? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Okay. 
you know the it was town? Gorgeous. I don't. I could look it up for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. No, yeah. you might have even. You probably crossed through. If you went up to Vancouver, you crossed through Bellingham. Yeah, it was it was cold but gorgeous. Yeah, it's not. Uh, the weather is much more temperate than here, though. Okay. So, but the one thing going back to your question uh, about film is there's not a great accessibility. Right. Um, I still have people that hit me up from Bellingham asking me where I would get my film developed. Cause, oh, okay. Because there's one spot in town. Um, and I'm pretty sure I got love for them, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they ship it off elsewhere. Uh, okay. And you yeah. get the scans back. And as someone who does care about scan quality to a certain degree, um, it just wasn't, you'd wait over a month and a half sometimes oh, wow. to get, you know, crappy scans back. Okay. And, <laughs> and so living in New York, as far as accessibility for film, it's a lot n- better as someone who's not developing their own film. Right. Which I honestly probably should be doing, but... Using a mini lab or pro lab? Uh, pro. Pro, okay. Yeah. We uh, just, CJ I, are just talking about dip dunk film processing versus oh, mini okay. lab. Yeah. No, I go to, um, uh, p- Picture House. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've never but been I, there. A lot I of people also, talk about it. But I also really like Photodom. Ah, uh, um, okay. Both of them sound like... German sex <laughs> They might be. Fotohouse? Yeah. <laughs> or Fotohouse, yeah. Yeah, they could be. New York's like the next Berlin, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Photodom once. I got, uh, um, like, my uh, contacts T2 after I sold that. I got another okay. uh, just uh, point and shoot from yeah, Photodom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never I, got stuff developed there. I was yeah. in Berlin in, like, the mid-2000s. And I went to like a bunch of like I was in an art ex- street art exhibition uh-huh. and I was went to like all this like installation. It was like it was pretty much like they were trying to do New York City in the eighties. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I went to one where they were like, it, "This is like, this is like live performance art." And it was like a jazz band while someone like took two brushes and dipped them in ink and like squiggled them all over the wall. With their feet. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't that bad, but they yeah. were like, look at him improvise. Yeah, and I yeah, was yeah. like, really? Like, I mean. That's yeah. why I was like, I can't wait for the internet to get bigger so that like they think that they didn't invent this. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are they, no. That's probably been happening since the 30s. Yeah. Or like, you know whatever hundreds of years people have been drawing on the wall listening to music yeah no they they definitely do it different in germany (laughs) for sure so um but yeah no basically um i got into film a little bit okay um and then yeah i think you know aesthetically it's uh it's a very pleasing like medium i'm shooting analog uh and the way that you can expose film um is so much different than like a digital image yeah um i don't think that digital can look like film um but i think that you have to consider the audience that you want to be working with um and that you and that when you're posting something on instagram it's pretty hard to tell but i think when you're looking at a a photograph printed um is when it really seems so i was wondering have you done any printing yet Mm-hmm. Okay, what's um, that been like? I was gonna ask too. You, digital printing? Um, I mean, I've done digital printing, very straightforward. You usually, yeah. like C, digital C print. Yeah, I think so. And honestly, I'm not the most technical right. um, person, so um, you yeah. Don't favorite inkjets over? No, I don't know enough, honestly. Um, if I looked at the two, I'm sure I'd make an opinion, but um, I don't honestly. Yeah, I'm not the utmost expert on printing. Um, I have. I did. T- I ha- did take a class last year at uh, which I do 
you know, if anyone in New York is listening and cares, like there's a great class out at um, NYC Photo Lab um, in Bushwick and they teach you how to color print and it's like really incredible. Oh, um, really? Like yeah. on an inkjet printer? Um, I don't even, probably. probably. Yeah. It's in the wall. You can't even see the printer. Yeah, okay. yeah. Interesting. Um, but you know, to like color correct your images and yeah, you go to, through the whole process. You, you take a negative in and, and boom. You, and they help you scan it. They scan it after. Yeah. So you, not only do you have this like incredible print that they'll walk you kind of give you some butt taps towards, but right. you, um, but you get a cool scan. So, um, how was it a couple days, the workshop? No, it was not, it's a three hour, it's oh, a three yeah. hour evening thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. And honestly, I learned a lot. I would take one more. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I feel bad. I'm forgetting the name of the owner, Puerto Rican, really fun guy, but, um, no, they, it it was a great experience. I've actually been meaning to go again, um, because I do want to start printing more negatives. I've got some black and white work that I want to kind of sift through. So I feel like it's good to have, um, kind of a workflow going, but Mm -hmm. like, don't waste your money on it if you've got the bug shooting. Yeah, exactly. Because it is time consuming as well. Yeah. For resources and mental energy. I think it's good to be able to like see things start to finish sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, but it might slow you down a little bit too. Yeah. I'm, you know, admittedly I'm pretty chaotic with my, how I work still. Um, but I, you know, I really just want to shoot. Um, you know, these days I struggle. I'm doing a lot more professional work recently, which is great. But these days I struggle and, um, not shooting for myself. I try to impart a little bit of everything I'd want in my, in the professional work mm-hmm. if I can. But I, um, but, but getting images to people that I don't necessarily want to be out yeah. there. Um, or, uh, yeah. And just also just getting images to people period is, is oh, you mean like, like photos you've taken of people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I want to go, I want to take pictures. I want to pull the ones right. out for myself. It's very selfish, yeah, exactly. I know. Is there a way, I've, I've thought about this before, is there uh-huh. a way to simplify that process? Probably not. You could like have a hundred photos that everyone looks through and they get to download their own picture, but then you're like showing other people's pictures to other people. Yeah, yeah. It's so, like, but like at a certain point, like if you shot a hundred people that day, like are you going to do a hundred times five minutes of communication? Yeah. That's a lot of communication. Lot of yeah. communication. So I'm, I'm just kind of wondering about like, how to be able to make it, how to keep it going. Yeah, because I think everyone struggles with that that shoots on the street. I mean, what I usually do is I tell them, you know, shoot me a message. I don't even be like, I'm not even like, follow me. I right. say, shoot me a message. And if I, I feel bad, if I really like the photo, then I'll usually get it to them promptly. Um, if I don't... <laughs> I usually, and I know this sounds bad, it's just the way it is, um, uh, but if they reach out to me again, if they're persistent, okay. I take I take time for people that are persistent, because this is a city where you have to be. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> if, you're, if you're persistent, I will get you right. your photo, you know? And if I don't like it, I'll be like, yep, don't tag me. I'm not afraid to do that, because okay. we all take photos that yeah, exactly. we, uh, we don't like, and I know that every time I walk up to someone that I'm taking... Not a risk, but there's a little, always a little the vulnerability. Vulnerability there, yeah. yeah. Well, so. because of you know how, how great the lighting is in your photos, do you purposely only walk around during certain times of the day? Mm. Are you That's that like pre- um, do you premeditate in that way or? 
Yeah, I I mean, I think there's always that. Um, I mean, certain images just can't be made, you know, at noon. Yeah. Um, on a sunny day, yeah. you know. But um, yeah, I definitely bias the light for sure. Okay. Um, I mean, I love morning, early mornings. I love evenings. Mm. Although I guess now that's like mid afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> it's like two p.m. is like right. And then start a golden hour almost. Yeah, in um, December in New York. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, like lately, I uh, yeah, I, I would say it also depends on my time. I I, don't, I never want to make excuses for not mm. shooting, and a lot of times I work in the evenings, so you know I'll go out in the morning, or if oh, I'm like okay. really beat down from the night before, I will go midday and I'll try to make it work because I think it's also important. You know, most of the, I've been doing all these shoots lately in an uncontrolled environment. And so, you know, and a few of them I've been mm, on about how I felt. And I didn't feel like I was up to par with what I was working with. Mm -hmm. um, but it was not that it was also wasn't easy. So I think being able to go out and practice in every type of environment is something. I just love photographing. Yeah. yeah. So it's good to have the paid shoots sometimes because it gets you out of the house and gets you to go somewhere. And yeah. Like you could be, sometimes, you know, be in like some really boring office park or something and there's a good picture to make. Absolutely. You know? um, or you're like stuck somewhere and your mind just hungry for images afterwards. Yeah. I mean, even, um, yeah, you, I mean, sometimes the, the places you least expect, the most boring places are the best, you know, like, you know, I'd love to be on the office space uh, behind the scenes, you know, mm. that film, yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. shooting a stapler. You right, know? right. That'd be great. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say I, I definitely seek light lately. You know, I'm, I live at the Seventh Avenue stop in uh, Park Slope, and so on the F. On the F, Smith and Ninth is the highest point in the New York City transit stop. I know, and the and two, I which is two stops away. Yeah, you know well. You got the the facts. <laughs> I was actually wondering that though. Recently, I actually looked that up like a few weeks ago. So it's funny, but um, they when you see it from the BQE, the highway, it looks pretty awkward. But it's pretty cool. It is. Like, it's visually, just like hanging very, in the middle of the air. It, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's visually really kind of interesting. Red Hook, I mean, I'm very fascinated by Red Hook, um, how it meets Carroll Gardens. Then you've got Gowanus, the dirtiest right. canal, like, <laughs> north of the bayou. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a wild place. But lately I've been sort of, um, when I'm on the train, you know, going to and from work, or even just in my leisure time, um, the sun's been hitting as I've been going on the train in, oh, in the okay. evening. So I've been trying to kind of cat. It's it's super tricky, and it totally depends on who I'm on the train with. Mm. But the backdrop with the sun hit co coming through the train with Brooklyn in the background right. and Manhattan on the uh, northwest is really incredible. And so I've been trying to kind of document people in these sort of like cones of light that form that are right. really intense on the train. I took one of a girl sleeping last week. I think I posted it on my Instagram and, um, so I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. That's yeah. like something I, cause it's part of my life. Mm. Um, and I do always, I'm trying to make photography more about my life. Right. Than me, you know, um, manufacturing moments right right if that makes sense so well speaking that'll of be the grad school critique <laughs> suggestion <laughs> yeah where, where they'll be like you need to like do what you want more yeah. exactly. be true to your art be 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 who you are <laughs> yeah. yeah live your dream yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of geography and lighting, I was looking at your website again and the, the Tucson, Arizona oh, uh, yeah. rodeo uh-huh. photos. Are those film or digital? No. Okay. Uh, oh, actually, no. The, okay, good. Uh, those are both. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, some of those I shot on the Texas Leica. Oh, wow. Really? Um, yeah. The one of the girl with the, um, I don't know if you, but the one of, there's one of a girl and she's on a horse and she's looking back at me smiling. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's American flag. Oh, cool. Wow. Um, That's the Fuji six nine. Yeah. Yeah. That's you shot that one before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got the Texas Leica a couple of years ago. I've shot a little bit with, and I plan to do a big project on it with a slide film. Yeah. But so that's too sharp. It is. Yeah. That's it, another question. Like what made you choose the Texas Leica? Cause that's such an interesting camera. I think that I, I didn't have the money to okay. buy a Mia, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, also just, I wanted something that I could shoot larger right. negatives that was very mobile. Yeah. I feel like if you, if you're not trying to change lenses, yeah. why bother with a Mia seven? Yeah. I'll say this. I miss my Mia seven all the time, but, uh, I feel like the six, nine, it's like a supersized version of it. Basically. Yeah. I had one in college. We got one, which was like, I mean, I think the first medium format my undergrad had, I went to liberal arts undergrad. So we weren't like an art school and it had, you had to put the lens cap back on it to finish a exposure, a long exposure because it had some mechanism in it that like wouldn't close the frame or something. Whoa. Okay. I think it was like a one. Yeah. yeah, It was like a six, nine, one or something like that. But I remember like, just dragging, looking at my negatives and just seeing the light dragged like across the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. And I had to look it up and you had to pop the cap back on. I don't, I have to, I don't have any good details for you, yeah. but <laughs> well, I remember being frustrated and impressed by it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For those that don't know, so that Texas like, uh, it's, it, that's its nickname. It's a Fuji, um, like Fuji GW, but anyway, it's a six by nine, uh, negative. It's medium format, but it's a large negative. So you only get eight shots per mm-hmm. roll. So you have to right, be, it's only eight. yeah, you have to be really, really kind of picky. Sold, Very sold picky. to me as like, it's the closest you get to a four by five right. negative without having to use a large format. Yeah. 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 But, um, I, the reason I asked about that, so were, did you just happen to be in Tucson or did you travel there specifically to shoot? Well, interestingly enough, Tucson's actually like kind of where photography got going for me when I finished school. Um, I wasn't quite sure the direction I was going in. And um, I had uh, some personal stuff happen uh, before I moved to Colorado and finished school there. Um, and so that kind of set the tone for the next few years. Presenting, I basically had, I lost a friend um, very close to me. And so his parents um, were living down in Tucson. Okay. And so, and his mom is into photography. And so going down to Tucson was sort of like this form of closure Mm. for me. Um, And I went down and I started kind of photographing. That was, I basically got this, this camera kind of landed in my lap um, from a dad, one of my friends, my dad's, uh, a Nikon camera. And so I started going down there and just shooting. Okay. And so uh, Tucson, I, I told them when I was living down there, no you're good and um tucson was basically uh this cool place to i was like oh because i'd been looking at this photo book called portraits of america i don't know if you guys are familiar it's by bill allard no william albert allard um definitely one of the first photo books i looked at and he's like a nat geo photographer shot 
you know, all types of stuff. But um, a lot of it was like Mennonite and Amish and cowboy culture. Yeah. Yeah. And he did it really well. And so that was always kind of an inspiration. And so cowboy culture, I think, is heavily romanticized in our culture. Yeah. Sort of rightfully so. It's pretty cool. Um, It's also got, you know, its flaws. But going down i told them i wanted to do a, a rodeo so they had me down long story short mm. and uh yeah i sh- basically just ran around this rodeo and got kicked out of a few spaces because <laughs> got yelled at by a few people um <laughs> but i remember just being like so so excited to photograph yeah, yeah. all that and um but it was a great experience Does, yeah. tucson has like a whole photo community to it as well right yeah huge la- uh, like outdoor photography i don't i'm not tapped into like the film photo um but i i do know i mean you go down to tucson and there's cameras every like people are heavily into photography down there i mean okay. i think this whole southwest yeah yeah I is very that. i mean it's incredible down there um it's just getting too dry right right so <laughs> so it wasn't like specifically going on a road trip to shoot and no tucson. but i did go specifically to that rodeo Got to it. photograph that rodeo but it was with family friends okay. and it was sort of like a bonding yeah thing that i had with them okay um, so they they had me for a week oh cool and uh we spent two days at the rodeo so nice. those photographs are sort of like my two how i would do it differently yeah but um yeah that was a fun time yeah so um texas leica for the tucson stuff and then some was digital and then um also um on your website like the section that's New York city. I noticed it's all black and white. Was that film or is that digital? Um, that that is all, that's all film. Okay. What, um, tracks. Yeah. I was, so I was wondering, um, like you, you're shooting color and black and white. Mm -hmm. Like how do you make the decision Mm -hmm. when you're going to load black and white versus color? Two cameras. Mm, I wish. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe, maybe a few paychecks from now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, the big, uh, I would say, first, I love, like, black and white's a huge, you know, like, there's a lot of photographers still shooting solely black and white. Um, I mean, black and white's appealing for all the reasons I think we know. Um, I think I'm a little bit of a broken record saying it, but, you know, as far as stripping away color, first of all, it's not real to most people, unless you can't see color, but... Mm. Um, I think the there's just a quality to black and white photography that um, I stop and stare at a little bit longer naturally. I think color is like a bit of a trick in a way. It sort of sucks me in. Like I love it. And I don't say that. I don't mean that at all in a negative way. I love color and I love color photography. But it also is a easy, I think it's so seductive without actually seeing the picture, if that makes sense. And so black and white has this sort of, I don't even know how to put it into words, but it just sort of sucks me in. And so the streets in New York, especially in the winter, don't have a lot of color. Yeah. And um, and especially if you're going out, I love photographing the streets in black and white. And I just find myself continuously going back um, because also shooting street, you don't always have control. Yeah. And I do care about the color that I put out into the world. So um i don't always just want to post i'm a little bit of a stickler that way okay but, you ever um, feel like you got trapped inside of a black and white role 
absolutely <laughs> like it doesn't end or yeah or it's like you're like halfway through it and you're like oh that's a color photo that oh. that happened to me uh, on a few times i shot black and white um when i was in williamsburg this woman uh she's an actress named terry but she had like this these green pants and um a seattle supersonics sean kemp jersey so for people who don't know the supersonics yeah. are uh, white green and yellow uh that those are their colors and it just looked beautiful and i was like oh can i take a photo and then i realized oh, i had black and white mm-hmm. film in there um, the photo still looks cool but i every time i look at it, i'm like man i wish i would have had color yeah. on me yeah. that day but i mean it's definitely disadvantageous if you're not photographing just the person right yeah, right? yeah. um some film cameras have a option to be able to it's like a priest i know the context g2 has a preset in the rewind section where it doesn't rewind the film all the way Oh. And leaves you with like an inch. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I mean, you were interesting. Wa- yeah, for a while, I would rewind, mark number, see what frame I had, rewind, mark number on frame, put film back in camera, shoot two frames past that. Mm. Wow. And then go back. That's when I was yeah. really trying to conserve film or yeah. wanting to switch around from black and white to color. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I the like it doesn't do that. You'd have to like listen to the re. Right, you have to yeah. manually rewind it. You'd have to like listen yeah. to the rewind and maybe do it in the dark so you could. Yeah, because you you, you have to be a little up. premature about it. Um, but yeah, it's very. Uh, my dad, and some people I know do that sometimes where they won't finish roll because like my dad, you know, he got me into all this stuff, and so he was my guiding light as far as like getting into shooting analog. Mm. Um, like I would go to him with all my questions. Okay, um, nice, great. So, he, yeah, it's super. I mean, it, it definitely kind of got me in, into it very quickly. Because um, it is, I think, the barrier for entry with film, if you're not shooting a point-and-shoot or, like, an Instax, is a little bit sl- It's definitely slower. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I don't ever feel like I've gone out and, like, oh, man, I wish I had color. I just always make sure I have color on hand if I feel like I'm going to feel that way. Okay. But usually I commit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, um, but I love, I love like a black and white image. Like I was looking, I keep going back these days. I don't own the book, um, but like Baldwin Lee's photographs down south. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Sounds familiar. Yeah, the name sounds familiar, but I don't think I. He shot, he, he's a Asian American photographer, I think, and he shot um, predominantly like black people in the south. Okay um project sounds familiar yeah i mean it's like the most kind of it just there's not a lot of congruency with it it's just like oh interesting yeah um and then but the way he captured people and i think he shot four by five um exclusively in this one but the book came out i think last year or the year before okay um baldwin lee I'll have to, yeah but yeah. the photographs are from years ago okay and so it's a beautifully curated book, all black and white, but he shot the whole book like it was a uh, 35 millimeter. Oh, I like see. It has a feel of documentary. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's a lot of it's, most of it's posed. Wow. Um, and it's really incredible. So that's kind of been my inspiration when I'm shooting out on the streets. So like old guard photography would be like black and white is more pure, mm-hmm. right? And it's supposed to like sit in like the higher realm of, of the photo strata because it's mm-hmm. like the pure version. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can we imagine that for painting? If you were like, I'm, yeah. I do charcoal, and <laughs> yeah. anyone that paints with color, 
it's like <laughs> then you'd be like you're full of shit yeah or uh, yeah. picasso's it's, blue it's period or something parallel, but I'm just like <laughs> yeah it's just silly a little bit right, no, right totally i mean i think like i mean whatever my opinion is worth and, and i also to be upfront, i mean i don't even know what my opinions are sometimes it's like but um yeah usually it's all just bullshit that people want to sort of empower i think people should just do whatever they want to do yeah, yeah if it's good it's good and that's just but that's also subject subjective so yeah. um some people are gonna like like something something people are not hmm. but yeah black and white there is a purity to it for sure but um because it does it, it, it's not just about the aesthetic of yeah. the photograph right um and we're so aesthetics driven now so it sort of departs from that a little bit which i appreciate with mm. what you're saying but yeah. Here, here's an art idea sorry mm-hmm. uh what about shooting black and white and coloring it in a way that doesn't look old-timey oh you mean like Interesting. uh like in lightroom or do you mean through the i mean like physically oh okay because like you can color black yeah and like white mixed photo. media basically yeah yeah, yeah. that's but cool I, I don't it'd be like a challenge to be able to have it not look like a watercolor right painting it doesn't Jack Davis I could be totally wrong Jack Davison shoots very abstract images I think on film um, does a lot of portraiture I don't know if you guys are familiar with him I mean to get my phone this is the third reference yeah no I, I don't yeah. know <laughs> I'll send him to all you guys yeah. um, I've also been kind of getting into stuff that's a little bit different for me as well mm-hmm. but um, just to kind of get different nuanced ideas but he uh, he might also paint over some of his images, and a lot of them are black oh, cool. and white. I saw some photos of uh, Willem Dafoe he just took, and he oh. like paints over. He'll do a print and then paint it. Okay, um, wow. so, I believe. So it's pretty cool. What's this person's name again? Jack Davison, D- David, but with Davison without. It's like David without the D, or without the, uh, yeah, without that last D. So you've mentioned some some different photographers. Mm-hmm. Um, who who would you say would be like your main inspirations? inspirations. Yeah, Oof. there's so many. Um, who this year? I would say it depends. Um, like lately, you know, I think so many of the, you know, old guys. You know, whether it's like Saul Leiter, right. You know, newer, more modern William Eggleston. Um, I mean, in the New York scene. I guess I, I kind of categorize it through who, who shot where. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, like these days, streetwise, you know, Richard Sandler's been, his work's pretty incredible because he shot, you know, 80s and 90s and um, photographed during the same time as like Gildan and um, all those guys. So uh, he can't, you know, and like Winogrand, I think, yeah. helped him out a lot. Um, but like, I mean, obviously all those names people right. are familiar with. Um, color like Luigi Giri. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about talked yeah, about him. and uh, Claude Nori yep. who worked alongside him. But yeah, Luigi Giri, I think, is really underrated. Doesn't get talked Super. about enough. Yeah, and has shot a lot of different types of, of things. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Lately, oh, what's their name? I'm spacing on a few names. I mean, I Bruce uh, is a, a large inspiration for me. Okay. Um. Also, you know. Uh, like there's younger photographers, Mustafa Abdulaziz, who's doing like a big project on water. He's based out of Berlin, but from New York originally. Um, he, sh- you know, he did like, I think a, a whole 10 year project about water in the world on a Mamiya. Oh, wow. um, 
I'll send you, you guys might be interested in that. Yeah. Um, there's so many. I mean, everywhere I look, I mean, yesterday it was like back to Annie Leibowitz, you know, one oh. of the first photographers I knew. Okay. Because today I was shooting, you know, I was just looking at, you know, Annie or Lachlan Bailey. Uh, I'm inspired by friends, you know. Um, you know, my friend Jason, um, his brother Sire. Okay. Um, and, you know, there's so many people that I'm inspired by and then also not photographers, you know, um, and it's not, you know, I think it's easy to get, uh, trapped into like a, this New York photo scene. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, I, but I, I try to kind of absorb as much of it as I can. There's younger photographers who are really amazing that I admire. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, but there's so many, Okay. Yeah. I would say, you know, it's for me, it's like color content. You know, I think about certain aspects of someone's photography. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your uh, like your color work, the lighting and the, and the colors look so so great. So I was wondering, you. are you very specific with like the type of film you shoot? Do you have a favorite film stock? Yeah, I think like good light and good color just come out. Um, even today, like with Tiana, the girl I photographed um, background, like I did a studio shoot today, which is irregular for me, but it's something I'm moving into and. Um, you know, I was kind of showing her like the light is so nice in here mm. that it, it doesn't matter the camera. So, you know, I took a photo on my iPhone. I just showed oh. her, like, look how the rendition you okay. can see, right? Yeah. Um, but yes, <laughs> I mean, I think Kodak film stocks are the most appealing and right. also give the most bandwidth for creative direction. So, yeah. like, if you want to kind of make a picture of your own, you know, if you're buying a Cinestill, yeah. I think it's actually Kodak film that you probably know more about that than I do. Um, so I've shot Cinestill. Yeah, I know that. I believe it's motion picture film that they yeah. remove the rim jet layer. Yeah, yeah it's and been that's controversial why, lately, right? Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. why um What's you get a that rim jet well, layer. Well, when we talked to Alfred Bradshaw, he knew way more about that than I do. He's like a yeah, very he, technical. So he, I think he went into it on our episode. He, he talked in depth on it, but I couldn't I really follow remember. it. Yeah, yeah, but um, but I know that's what causes that that sort of red halation you get with the lights mm -hmm. um, if you're shooting at night. And, and, um, but anyway, um, yeah. So I believe that's like, Co I believe it's I Kodak motion picture film that they, they made into yeah. uh, repurpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, so your dad and your grandfather, did they shoot Kodachrome? Do you mm -hmm. know? Okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. I'll show you, I'll show you if you, uh, if I can pull them up from my that my grandfather took oh that's yeah amazing. they they both shot kodachrome so have you ever shot slide film or had any interest um i have not really i've wanted to um kind of fuck around with ectochrome mm -hmm. um but no i haven't shot a lot of slide film and like to be honest i shoot film regularly but sparingly okay mostly because of all my <laughs> expenses yeah, at yeah. the moment um you know like and I, I, I do have this struggle of, you know, shooting between film and, and digital. But slide film, no, I haven't actually shot. Why do, what would you, uh, do you what, what would you? Yeah, well, it's funny because it's interesting talking uh, to you because you're, you're younger than us. Mm -hmm. So you, and then you, you just, you got into film in a serious way pretty recently. So there's stuff that just isn't around anymore. Mm -hmm. Like my favorite film stock was velvia 50 which fuji yeah. doesn't make anymore yeah. i have some rules left and uh so right now uh it's really like ectochrome would be kind of one of the the only options we just as far did an as episode on, on kodachrome yeah so we have 
we have positive film on the mind. Yeah, yeah. I'm asking a lot about Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, but I think like trying to get your hands on some expired Velvia 50, like at least one roll mm-hmm. would be worth it. I, I don't know what the cost is though. Yeah. How does it come um, out when, after you do, after do I mean it, I, I remember when the microphones were off and I was talking to Don Allman, uh, on our most, uh, on a recent episode, he was saying, yeah, that's the, the closest to Kodachrome. So it, um, on my website, I have some stuff and on the Instagram, but seen, yeah. yeah, it, the reds are really saturated. Pungent. Yeah. And, and the oranges and yellows. Um, so it's, it's interesting cause you have to get the exposure, like really, you have but to be really perfect. They don't really, do they make 400 speed slide film anymore? Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I think I assume you're probably in the 400 Kodak or you're in the 160. Yeah. Mostly 400. Okay. Or I mean, 800 is so, and the only time I ever really shoot 800 now is if it's like, and these days I'm pretty much shooting HP five. Oh, um, okay. Uh, cause it's close enough. That in Triax, I think, is yeah. by far my most preferred. But um, yeah, 800, I pretty much only shoot if there's a budget for it. And okay. like I'm doing, or someone really wants like color, yeah. really, because I think the colors on that are on 800, Portrait 800 are beautiful. Mm. See, um, I don't know if the um, slide film will work with him because he'd lose those two stops. Yeah, I, I think like Ektachrome is what, 100, I believe. But, yeah. Well, but I'm also like very comfortable shooting slow, mm. you know. Um, yeah. I think. You know, and I've shot Ektar. Okay. Um, it's been a long time. I like Ektar, but yeah. I, I actually like Ektar. I think you just have to shoot it with a specific, you know. What, e- what's Ektar? Um, so Kodak Ektar, it, yeah, it's, it's a color negative that they kind of made to sort of resemble Ektachrome in a way. But it's yeah. a, it's not color positive. It's color negative, And it's 100 speed. So during that the summer of 22 when I was shooting all of those outfits, I was mainly shooting on Cine still, but... I had a roll of Kodak Ektar and when I would shoot both outside and on the subway, it looked really, really nice, but yeah. you just have to make sure that you've got enough light for it. Yeah. But it's, it's very rich. Yeah. Uh, that's how I would describe it. It's a color negative film. That's uh, it's saturated and really rich, but yeah. uh, um, actually I want to go over a couple of mm-hmm. photographs of, of yours yeah, yeah, yeah. on the site. So one of the ones that really pops out um, it's, this woman on the street, like she's below a car and oh, someone's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, foot is oh, above. Fun. I was just wondering what's the story. Oh, that's fun. So photo. those are actually two comedian friends. Oh, okay. Uh, so you knew them. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I did actually know them. <laughs> okay. Um, and I have, I think another flash photo of them. Mm. Um, shout out Carly and Emma, but yeah, they, uh, we were doing all types of goofy shit yeah, and, yeah. Then, um, and they were fun. I was like right after I moved here and uh, we were out in Bushwick and Carly was like tying her shoe and, um, oh, okay. and the light was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, very soft. Um, and then I was like, Emma, get on the ground. And so she just like got on cause like nice, a cool old vintage car. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and they're very like, they're the types of girls that are just like really laid back. They're both from like where I'm from. Oh, okay. Um, very laid back and mm. down to have fun and kind of right. like fuck around with the photo shoot. So, um yeah no actual real in-depth i wish i could tell you something like it looks romantic. like an accident yeah exactly yeah. well perfect very interesting <laughs> yeah uh, we took another photo that definitely looks like an accident oh, okay. but you could tell it's yeah um and then i was wondering this looks like it's on film there's this it's like uh this guy it's standing sort of in the doorway at night eating a pizza pizza but he has like joker 
face paint mm. on not on film oh really okay uh-huh. yeah because i was but looking I'm, I'm, at the... I'm really thrilled though that uh yeah. that it's conveying that so. yeah because i was looking at the the light and everything and it it, it sort of uh seemed like it i think uh, I, I sent it to you earlier steven but um so that um that was uh yeah that's that's like that was quite a moment but um that was halloween last year mm-hmm. and that was at I think it was not Bleecker Street. It's that pizza spot right on McDougal um, and Bleecker maybe. But okay. anyways. Bleecker Street Pizza. Bleecker Street Pizza. But then there's the other or one. Pizza up, Box. Bleecker Street Pizza, I think. Mm. I think. But um, it was right after the parade was ending. So the streets were crazy. Yeah. And that guy was standing in the doorway there. Oh, okay. Um, I do wish I shot it at the actual flash sync speed to kind of freeze it a little bit more and make them a little bit more jump out of the frame but he um he just had that pizza hanging out of his mouth for a sec and i just like react sometimes you just react yeah yeah (laughs) and boom got him and he uh he just went back to eating his pizza but Mm -hmm. just the way it was like hanging off his tongue yeah yeah. so it was like so sensual right (laughs) (laughs) and um and it like of all the moments during halloween that night you see so much during halloween so when something really stands out it really yeah yeah it stays with you yeah so it's I, just a fun I can night no to longer shoot. be outside during Halloween. No, it's. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, in downtown Manhattan. Right. Yeah. I no. I I get it. I uh, I went out this year again, but it wasn't. I took all these photos, and honestly, I could care less about. Mm. It was just for fun. Dude, yeah. I grew up in the East Village in the oh right in the eighties <laughs> and nineties. It was like off limits for kids. It was like oh, they like sure. locked us up. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Because people were wilding those days. I mean, yeah, yeah I can only imagine East <laughs> Village. Honestly, like fifteen years ago was probably. But it's. I mean, it's a cool scene. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, yeah. No, I. Halloween in New York is a little crazy. Yeah. But it's also, it's really easy. Mm. So, um, like that moment only lasted for one second right that yeah. you had the cheese like that you know because you think about the process but yeah it was uh yeah that was a fun one yeah for sure well one of the things that we always talk about with whether we're talking about like um, older film photographers or we're just thinking about a a subject is um challenging yourself and evolving as a photographer mm-hmm. and and progressing so i was wondering um, cause on your Instagram and, and your website, there's kind of a, a mixture of different styles. You mentioned you're doing a lot more, uh, like professional shoots and today you mm-hmm. shot in the studio a little bit. So are there, um, like for the future, are there certain types of projects you're thinking of doing or ways of shooting to, yeah. um, challenge yourself or step outside of your comfort zone? Oh man, absolutely. I mean, honestly, I, I would be lying if I told you I didn't wake up a little nervous this morning, um, or had a little anxiety. Um, yeah, all the time. Mm. I mean, I'm really trying to step into a realm that I, I don't have any grasp of, really. Yeah. Um, I know, I feel like I, I have an idea of what I feel like looks good. Um, and I have things that I want to emulate, you know, and I made a mood board last night. And, oh, okay. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, shout out my friend Jason uh, Stock Easy on Instagram. He's He's been a huge, he's an inspiration to me, but he's also like, been a big brother to me as far as helping me um kind of move into different realms of uh photography visual arts whatever you want to call it um and so like right now 
um, I am sort of trying to do, you know, I'm like, I sort of have this like goal of like, okay, I want to shoot with someone like three to five times a month. You know, I want to do like a set shoot. Um, it could be on the street, it could be in the studio. I want to kind of expand my knowledge about studio lighting, which you realize is okay. You need to know how to set up the gear and engineer it a little bit, Mm -hmm. but really it's like, it can be a lot more it's a lot simpler than people think um and it's a lot of experimentation so um today i worked with one light one to two lights and that was enough for me (laughs) yeah yeah. i don't want to be fumbling around with too much i want to keep it simple because it's the images that are important really but um yeah that's like one thing um i you know i work for an agency uh now too bfa um and i mostly edit for them um, but I, but I try to, uh, kind of glean a lot on the technical side of what I do in that job. I don't have a big technical back. I don't have a background in anything. Yeah. You know, I'm just learning this as I go. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really like trying to learn, trying to be quick, um, you know, kind of turning the ego off as much as I can. Cause I'm looking like a dork doing most of it, but um, also the big thing is learning to be more technical okay. because that is something that I can at least revolve on. Cause if I want to do this, I, it costs a lot of money to do yeah. this and I'm using expensive gear. I know that, um, I know the way people look at that. Um, I don't really care, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, you know, I do care from the standpoint of, I have to be able to, I'm funding it myself Yeah, and it costs a shit ton of money. So yeah. learning more skills that kind of put me in a position to, right. As far as, I know I'm on a tangent, but as far as projects, um, I don't have any major um, projects going right now, but I do have some things that I might, like what I was talking about on the trains. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to do a subway. Subway, like Bruce Davidson, all that stuff. Yeah. It's incredible. There's also a lot of other photographers, but um, kind of do it in my own little way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Yeah. And do you still have the Texas Leica? No, so oh, okay. no. I'm actually trying to maybe get another one. I was yeah, I was wondering I, uh, if yeah. in the future you want to shoot more medium format. I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I um I actually was looking at on eBay the other day. Oh, okay, enough, but they've gone up in price again. Yeah, <laughs> but I uh, I sold it for my M4P. Oh, okay. So which right. was the right move? I got the M4P for a great price, but I wanted you know I I paid for half of it with the Texas Leica. Right, and then I um. And I use 35 millimeter more often. I can take it everywhere. So, mm. I mean, it basically is a necklace. Yeah, yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the, the future, do you, because I know you shoot both film and digital, but as far as film photography, do you think as long as you're doing photography, you'll still yeah, be? Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think film's here too. I mean, the fact of the matter is, I think I'm going to just be shooting more black and white film. Um like Kodak is supposed to apparently up their prices rumor yeah. has it in the next few weeks. Yeah. So again, Oh really? Oh, really? Yeah. Like 10 to 25% I heard again. So at this point it's gotta be like a hundred percent from 10 years ago. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so probably leaning more towards like, I've honestly been shooting HP five for the last two months and I love it. Okay. Yeah. I never shot it before. I shot Tri-X. Oh, so. right. Okay. Um, but I know a lot of photographers shooting HP5. Uh, it's like a little less contrasty? Yeah, I can Yeah, I don't even know, to be honest. I think maybe a little bit less, but I think um, it's it's pretty similar. 
the grain structure is kind of similar too when I look at it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's just a little bit, a little bit different. I don't quite, know, I haven't quite shot enough of it to be able to tell you like a definitive. But I wouldn't say like one is. I guess you get a little bit more contrast when you get Triax back, but Triax has incredible bandwidth though, so you can make Triax pretty low contrast. Yeah, you could up the shadows on a scan like big time. Mm, yeah. So it captures a lot of information. Right. Yeah. I wonder if people also. I think both films have good push and pull capacity mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. Which I don't know how necessary that is when you're scanning and tweaking in on the computer. Yeah. Like you probably don't want to push it because then it adds contrast, and you can just add contrast in the computer if you want to. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, the only, have it be open. The only time I would push it is if I'm shooting and I actually need to push to shoot in a low light situation. Mm. So if I know I'm gonna like go to a show, yeah, you know, right, um, and it's gonna be pitch black. Even if I'm shooting flash, I might shoot it at 800. You know, right. Um, but and that really what that means though is everything that wasn't the flash didn't hit. It's just gonna be pretty black. Yeah, yeah. But um. Yeah, a lot of people though still love. Um, it's funny because like I've done a few jobs where I was asked to shoot film, and they want it like completely just cast shot or what? What do you call when the shadows are flat, like matte? You know when they're when it's underexposed. Uh uh-huh, right, right, right. They love they're, they're like, like a little muddy and like mu- open. super muddy oh, and right. just That's looks horrible. Yeah, and uh, I've had a few jobs where they specifically asked me oh, okay. to yeah like. They, they, that was like a reference image huh so it was just funny dude shoot digi next time and then <laughs> tell and them charge him for film exactly honestly <laughs> i could just open those shadows up honestly i absolutely they, could and they wouldn't know the difference yeah yeah i would yeah bring I mean, a film camera with you make sure they see you taking a couple of frames with it you didn't hear it here yeah. <laughs> well uh, one of the last things i wanted to ask was you know um obviously now with social media especially instagram you can connect with other Mm -hmm. film shooters across the world but um since moving here to new york from washington state like the local film community how have you found it as far as encouragement and collaboration really great there's always these like um i've i've gotten along with everyone really well i think i've been really well like people have been really kind to me um, and I try to show the same to everyone. Um, I think there is sort of this like weird, especially in the street community. There's, I mean, it's funny you see people like on the street and then you kind of know them, kind of don't. Um, and I'm sort of like someone that comes in and out. Like there's a lot of guys in the New York streets that shoot every day on the New York streets. And, um, and I do also in a different, in my own way. Um, but I also shoot a lot in my neighborhood. I don't, I'm not really in Midtown a lot, but sometimes I pop my head up, shoot in Midtown, have some fun with it. And so honestly I've had, I know there's like, I, I guess I hear of like little street beefs. I don't even know what that is, but yeah, I've, I've had no issue. I get along great with everyone. Like shish kebab? Shish kebab? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I try to keep it halal. That's for sure. Um, we don't do that haram stuff here. So is that is that oh no never mind damn we got some here um but yeah i uh no i've learned to not wait in the long lines of those halal cards though because it's never worth it but yeah yeah, i uh no there's an amazing uh film photo whatever you want to call it community here um of young shooters that are like super hungry 
um, want to get out, you know. Um, it's funny because, like, guys like Daniel Arnold seem like old guard, even though he's, like, totally contemporary yeah. working photographer. Um, he's inspiring, though, because he's someone that's, like, made it as a street photographer, um, so to speak. He might not say that, but on the outset, it, that's the way it seems. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it's it's cool. It also just pushes you. You're just like, wow, I just need to get better. It's not like a competition thing, but it's like a, I want to be better. Yeah, this is like work people are making. I want to make good work too. And also it's helped me find my having other people around, like shooting has helped me find more of what I'm interested in, um, like what I want to shoot, which is definitely more intimate moments i think some of it's asked portraiture some of it's not some of it is like candid street scenes which i don't post a lot on my instagram but i take a lot of um so yeah